Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petrop. Twins are not with us today. They had other obligations, but I am joined by two of the best minds in fantasy, uh, our lead writer, Mr. Matt Ward. What's good, bro? Always good. Happy to be here, man. And a, a, a guy that has so many hats at Brodo that it's hard to count them all, Mr. Santiago Casanova. What's up, brother? What's up? What's up? The, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Now, we have something very special for you today. All right. Not only is this a mock draft where we are going to have three different strategies in the mock. So that's already solid information. For me, I feel like mock drafts are some sometimes the best episodes because it allows you to go through the process of drafting, which I think is, is one of the most important things. If just taking the people through the process of drafting, thinking and, and like what what their thought processes should be when they're approaching their drafts. I like doing that. That's one of my favorite things. But it's also special for another reason, and that's because this is the last episode before we ride the heat wave, baby. The heat wave is back. 32 teams in 32 days, and we are going to preview every single fantasy-relevant player that there is. Plus, honestly, we're going to talk about a bunch of players probably that are going to have no fantasy relevance whatsoever, um, and we're going to tell you about it. And that's what we're going to mention every single player. And that's going to be you are about to get a podcast every single day. So when you're listening to this podcast, there is not going to be another new podcast until July 25th. But between July 25th and August 25th, you are going to be receiving a podcast every single day. That is Monday, Saturday, Thursday. What's another day of the week? All of them. Nice. We don't discriminate against days <laughs> yeah. of the week here, okay? All Every the days single end in one, right? Especially the, the weekends that always get no love. No one ever drops something on a Saturday. We're going to drop something on a Saturday and a Sunday. That's how we're doing it. Uh, so the heat wave coming at you soon. So sorry we're not going to give a podcast until then, but it's going to be worth it because you're about to get a podcast every day. On top of that, we want to remind you to please download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. It is absolutely free right now. While we are will not be dropping podcasts in between now and the heat wave, we will be dropping a ton of content on the website. And as always, we have back the best tool there is in fantasy, the draft tool. You put in two players. I don't know who to draft. You put in two players and our rankings and Cass's magic formula potions of algorithms put together the the odds that these players, how these players will, will end up. So, for example, if you want to get Tyler Lockett or Elijah Moore, I don't know who to draft. Which one of those? Put them both in, and our draft tool will tell you that it's probably 65% more likely that Elijah Moore outscores Tyler Lockett. So, I, don't, I actually didn't do that right now. I, I, that's a guess, but, you know, something of that nature. And that is what you can get. And that is li- literally invaluable. Plus every single stat you need, plus so much extra, the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Download it now, and it is free because of the patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Patrons, 
we have a very, 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 very special announcement coming for you uh, during the upcoming months that is going to be maybe the best perk we've ever given our patrons. Um, we have a lot of good perks, including the Discord, including uh, Fantasy Leagues, including uh, Santiago Casanova's DFS Optimizers, Cheat Sheets, um, so many other extras. And now we're about to give you, I'm telling you, the best extra of all time. If I had the opportunity, look, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not really the type of guy to go on a Patreon a lot, right? I only I am I'm only a patron to a, a very few select people, right? If someone offered what we're going to offer, I would be a patron on that on that podcast. So that's all I'm going to say. We it's not set in stone yet, so we don't want to give it away. patreon.com/brotofantasy if you want to check that out. And if you want to ask us about it in the Discord, we can maybe give you a little bit of a hint. Um so with that being said, um I've been talking for Matt long. I've been talking for like 5 minutes straight. Uh how has your guys day been so far, guys? Uh what, what's up? Oh, pretty good. Just uh <laughs> enjoying my half vacation. But uh, why is it only, holding it down? Why is it only? A I'm taking a summer class, and uh, I'm still in practice and all that. So oh. my free time is still limited, but I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Cast me, always making always making time for the fans of Broadway. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and Matt, what about you, bro? He's the, a worker. The chef extraordinaire. I don't know oh, if you guys man, know I've this, been... but. Not Matt. Matt chefs it up in the fantasy kitchen and in the real life kitchen. How's it? How's it been going, bro? Oh, it's a good day. Uh, yeah. Friday brunch, I guess it's not brunch until the weekend, but yeah, breakfast rush was good today. Uh, solid day of work was thinking about the mock all day long, trying to figure out some different strategies, some ways that I wanted to attack it from the spot and the, the three different strategies that we're bringing to the listeners. Yeah. My head was kind of in the clouds today, but overall pretty good. Oh, oh Matt, I think, uh, I think brother, both of our heads spent a little time in the clouds today. I played, I played some golf today and I'd like nice. to, I'd like to report that I shot my career high, a 69. Nice. My nice. career wow. high. Nice. Now, now I, I will put, I will put it, I will preface this where I was playing on a par three. So I wasn't playing like on a, on like a big, big golf course, but still my best score ever. So I'm very proud of myself today. It's been a good day. My son is also just, yeah, just he's just the best little dude. Like I, I gotta say, but anyway, speaking of the best little dude. That's what my team's going to be today. It's going to be the best little dude. Uh, after I, I draft the best team of all time. Now, we're putting a little bit of a spin on this one. Because we want to take you guys through all the strategies. This is going to be our last mock draft for a while. Now, we're stopping this at August 25th. Because dra National Draft Weekend this, this year is not really till first week of September. Which is Labor Day weekend. That's usually the... the that's when most leagues draft is, is Labor Day weekend. So we're not only going to give you 32 teams in 32 days, we're going to drop content in between those two weeks as well. So th so we're not done previewing in a non-conforming like way. You know what I mean? Um, Non-like just like a, like a series type way. Am I, making, I hope I'm making sense. Um, but this is going to be our last time. So we want to give you a full spectrum. So there's going to be three strategies. It's basically the three strategies that are the most common not only i think in drafting but also in general for the brodo bros and the people who are part of the brodo team because we are all like like-minded that's why we're here um so we have three strategies the first strategy 
is going to be taken by the number two slot, and that is Santiago Casanova. He is going to be going RB heavy, which means he is going to leave with two running backs, ideally, in his first two rounds. Now, obviously, there's some there's some exceptions. If he has a really good opportunity to wait on the, he can do the first three rounds, but he's got to have two running backs within his first top two or three picks. Then you have kind of the middle section. I'm going to be taking that. That's right. I'm usually the RB heavy guy, but Jason's not here. I'm taking seesaw running back t- trade little trademark logo next to Jason's thing because I think this year, guys, you've been listening to me on this podcast for six years. You've been listening to me on other podcasts for longer than that. And I've always said I'm going to leave the first two rounds with two running backs every single time I play fantasy. That might be different this year. I, I got to say, is, that might be different this year. Um, but with that being said... Um, that's my strategy. And then you got Matt's strategy, which is completely out of left field, the zero RB, a.k.a. Michael's favorite strategy, where he won't be drafting a running back until at least the fourth, fifth, later in the draft after he's already established wide receiver, tight end, etc. in his draft. So with that being said, gentlemen, are you ready for takeoff? Yeah, yeah. Let's get it popping. All right, so the way we got this is Cass is going to pick at the 102. I am going to pick at the 105, and Matt is going to pick at the turn, the 112. So he's going to be making two picks in a row. Uh, Cass almost basically making two picks in a row. And then I'm going to be in that that lovely middle spot where the action is always live and you never have a chance to get up and pee. You know? That spot. Yeah. Yep. The draft has begun, and Sleeper has thrown a complete curveball into the mix. Uh, we're, wow. By the way, we're doing this on Sleeper, which is our preferred uh, mock draft platform, uh, although there are some pretty good mock draft platforms out there, but Sleeper is, the, is prefer- the preferred one. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor usually goes 101, or maybe Christian McCaffrey, or maybe sometimes they've seen Derrick Henry, but Sleeper decides they're going to throw Austin Eckler. In at the 101, which is an interesting turn of events. So That's Cass, crazy, man. That means you have your pick of Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, etc. Uh, where are you going here? I don't know if we talk about the odds of, of players repeating as a number one uh, are slim. I still like me some JT. So I, I'm, I'm going with Jonathan Taylor happily from the 102 spot. It's an interesting spot there. Very, very interesting spot. So now, with that being said, and my worst nightmare has come true here because I'm I'm drafting seesaw running back. Um, with that being said, we now have Jonathan Taylor off the board, and then Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry goes. And I'm looking at Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, um, and Jamar Chase. And here, if if I don't care about running backs that much, I'm taking Cooper Cup here. I'm running to the bank. I might I might even take Justin Jefferson. But since I'm going running backs, I'm going to take Dalvin Cook. I'm going to be happy about it. Dalvin Cook, yes, he did get injured last year, but I think he gets a bad rap for being injury prone. He kind of misses the same amount of games as every running back kind of does. So I think that Dalvin Cook, I'm I'm I like it here. I think it's a good one. I, I, how do I stop how do I stop this noise from coming out of my computer? What it, what is this nonsense? It's coming out of my computer, and I have this thing plugged into my computer. No other noises are coming out of my computer except this thing. <laughs> like, I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah. All right. Um, so, Team 6 takes Jeff- Justin Jefferson right after me. Cooper Cup goes next, followed by Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and Devontae Adams. So, um, 
Matt, you... So, I mean, like, I couldn't be happier sitting at a zero running back strategy with what just fell in my lap. Um, so I'm going to take the most obvious positional advantage that you could probably get in redraft leagues. And that's Travis Kelsey at 12. And then I'll take my wide receiver one for 2022 and Stefan Diggs at two, one. So, so interesting. You, you go here, tight end wide receiver, which is, you know, I feel like if you're going a zero running back, then that is the the way to go. You have to have some sort of positional advantage. If you're not going to have that positional advantage at running back. So you go with Kelsey. Does, so here's the question with Kelsey, I think, this year that we don't never had to ask before. No Tyreek Hill, right? So you're forcing yourself to answer the question or grapple with the question of does how bad does that affect Travis Kelsey? Does it make him even more of a superstar or does it actually take away from what he has? So you obviously you obviously think that it doesn't matter. So why why did you go Kelsey here and why why do you think that that's something you're comfortable with? Well, like I'm an analytics guy and and we've seen his target share is sticky. He earns targets at a rapid rate. His splits are higher without Hill in there, although it's in a limited sample size that they haven't played together. Um, But he does have a higher target share, higher yards per game, receptions, touchdowns, everything when Hill is not on the field. So he's been able to perform as essentially a wide receiver one um, without help, just from a coaching scheme. Um, And on the flip side, speaking of positional advantages, people talk about Kyle Pitts in, in especially in dynasty and the great positional advantage that he gives you where he doesn't even line up as a tight end. He literally plays 85% of his snaps, uh, you know, in the slaughter on the outside, he's a wide receiver that you're just able to flex at the tight end position. So when Travis Kelsey puts up wide receiver four numbers in 2022 and everybody else is putting up tight end one numbers, which is 80 points below, I, I'm pretty happy with that pick. So we're going to move on here, and I think that there's nothing to be not happy about that pick with. Uh, The next pick after that goes DeAndre Swift. So Team 11 has Devontae Adams and and DeAndre Swift. Team 10 starts with Joe Mixon and Mark Andrews. Team 9 goes kind of zero running back as well with Jamar Chase and and Tyreek Hill. Uh, Najee Harris uh, and Josh Allen on Team 8. Next goes Nick Chubb to team up with Cooper Cup on Team 7. And then... Uh, Javante Williams, I got to say, Javante Williams going at 2-7 is probably one of the worst picks um, for me in recent memory. And then you got Justin Jefferson, and then you got Justin Jefferson on that team as well. So I have Dalvin Cook here, and I'm going seesaw running back, which makes me very sad because right now, usually, my draft would be, and I, you know, I should have went with a guy like Jefferson or Cup because I, I would have ended up getting a guy that I really love here, and that is... Um, someone that me and Matt both love right now, and that's Aaron Jones. I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on the ridiculous amount of reception potential that Aaron Jones has this year. I feel like if Aaron Jones comes down with 100 catches, that is not out of the question. And if Aaron Jones has 100 catches, he is going to win you a championship, period. So it's it's like, I, I don't know why people are, are not are not drafting Aaron Jones where they are. With that being said, I can't get uh, Jones here. So I'm looking at wide receivers. I'm looking at CD Lamb. I'm looking at Debo Samuel. I'm looking at Mike Evans. I really love Mike Evans this year. I think that this Mike Evans has an outside shot to be the wide receiver one this year. But ultimately, I'm going to go with the upside here, and I'm going to go with CD Lamb. I think that I could wait on Mike Evans unless uh, Cass uses my uh, thinking out loud against me and drafts Mike Evans in the process. I think that I can get away with... 
maybe waiting on Mike Evans. So I'm going to try to wait on him. I'm going to go CD Lamb here um, and hope for the best. Alvin Kamara goes to team four, who now pairs Kamara with Henry. Debo Samuel goes next to three, who gets paired with Christian McCaffrey. If Debo Samuel is the guy he was last year, and the reason why I pass on Debo Samuel for CD Lamb is because I, if Debo doesn't want to run like that, and if he wants to trade and there's tension, you got to also remember that Debo Samuel is a little injury prone in his career. Like the reason why he didn't break out until now is not because he wasn't good. It's because he was injury. He he's had injury problems every single season of his life. So I'd rather take the upside here personally. Um, but this is your pick here. You have Jonathan Taylor cast. You're starting, um, you're starting heavy running back or seesaw heavy. You're starting. I'm doing back. heavy. So, so you're going to have to go. You got Saquon, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette. Uh, yeah, I was worried guys. not enough were going to come make it back to me, but I have a lot of options now. So I, I could pick, I was thinking Fournette, Jones, even Elliot or Barkley in the, in the turn, but I can only pick two out of those two. So I like what you said about Jones. So I'm starting it out with Jones, a lot of reception potential. Good pick. Uh, and uh, he, I think he was the best situation out of the bunch right now. Okay, Barkley gets taken and Kyle Pitts gets taken uh, by Team 1. So that leaves me with either Fournette or Zeke for my next pick. And I think Fournette's going to be the pick here. I like his... Not necessarily his situation. No, yeah, I like his situation a little bit more. And he showed more to me last year that I can I can work with. These are not my final projections, by the way. This is going to evolve as... Off season goes along, right? So maybe this is gonna be a different decision as the season comes. But right now, I'm picking uh, picking Leonard Fournette. So giving yourself a little time. Oh, and my master plan has come to fruition here. As um, so, it, it's interesting, Castle. So you went really running back heavy. You went. I mean, I gotta I gotta dive into the role, right? Method acting, and now I guess so because <laughs> here I would have went wide receiver. Good, I like how are you? But so I would I would have like in a normal draft situation I would have too. Yeah. But I gotta I gotta dive into be the running back. You know. Yeah, you're like fucking Leo DiCaprio in in the in the uh, Django when he like stabbed himself in in the arm and then rubbed his actual blood all over Kerry Washington's face. Nice, yeah. That's what yeah, you're doing yeah. right now. I, I, I'm, I'm going to do that, yeah. <laughs> so, Team 3 takes A.J. Brown, and Team 4 takes Keenan Allen, which leaves me with my guy. Guys, Mike Evans right now is being f- so totally slept on because I'm going to tell you, I'm, here's the breakdown of Mike Evans for me. Okay, he has longevity. Check. He's not old yet. He's 28, right? So, he's not old. He's not. He still has legs. Check. Even if he didn't have legs, he's a beast in the jump balls. Check. He checks off every box of he's a superstar. There's no doubt about it that Mike Evans is a superstar. Now, let's look at the situation. Well, Tom Brady's coming back. Okay. Also, Chris Godwin's going to miss half the season probably. We don't know how he's going to be when he comes back. Gronk, the red zone target that took the most red zone targets away from, from Mike Evans, is not there anymore. So what you're telling me is that you're going to have one of the best wide receivers of our generation, ultra-targeted. Oh, why don't I wait for the third round to draft that guy? Like, no. What is, what is everybody doing with Mike Evans? I feel like Mike Evans should be a mid-range second-round pick. I should have I should have had to take Evans where I took Lamb. Instead, now I'm taking Evans 3-5 instead of 2-8, and I feel like I just got a massive, 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 
massive deal. And it's it, it it's such a it's such a good insurance policy in case CD Lamb doesn't become the CD Lamb that I think he can be. So I'm very happy with this pick, as you can tell. Um, Cam Akers, T. Higgins, James Conner goes next. I gotta say, guys, James Conner is, is going to be one of my biggest fades this year. I love. Cass, Whoa. Cass called him last year. Whoa. Bro, how's this guy going to score that many touchdowns again? How? He's not, but like you're getting him still like third, fourth round. Third, there's a little bit of a reach, I got to say, by uh, team eight. You're getting him in the fourth if you're doing like a uh, uh, starting kind of zero wide receiver, a zero running back starts with like three wide receivers, wide receiver and a tight end. If you can pick up Connor in the fourth, I'm not mad at it. I don't know, man. Connor last year. There are year, other Connor, options still, but Connor was great, and he was one of one of the best calls ever. Was Cass was banging the drum for James oh, Connor yeah. all off season last year, um, and I and he didn't convince me, and, and maybe and you know I should have been convinced, and and because I was wrong, so maybe I'm wrong now too. But I just I'm still worried about his injury history, bro. Like I just I, I don't I don't want to rely on James Connor. I just I, yeah, I just yeah, don't want to rely on him. Um, Pat Mahomes goes after him. David Montgomery, another guy who I'm not feeling, wow. just an inefficient nah. running back in an yeah, inefficient nah. offense. Definitely not. Big fade on David Montgomery this year for me. Yeah, I would I would definitely take, like, I mean, there's a couple of running backs still on the board, too, and I would take Zeke before I took David Montgomery. Absolutely. And, sure. and Connor, by the way. Zeke yeah, absolutely. ahead of all those guys. And, and Akers. I don't know what the Team 6 is doing, by the way. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty out on Cam Akers, man. I've got that there's that the kind of hidden negativity in the tweet that I posted, but essentially like Cam Akers was bottom 70th percentile in every statistic before he tore his Achilles. And people are like, "Oh, look at the incredible like 6 weeks that he had to close out his rookie season." It's like, "I did." It's not like I excluded those from the stats. I'm like, no, yeah. that's in when he didn't really peak <laughs> but yeah. yeah i'm not a huge fan of cam Akers, man I, I don't think he was that good of a running back or that good of a prospect before he ever tore his achilles and now he's coming off an achilles tear and it's not not overly interested in him as a prospect for sure so definitely zeke there in that round if you're looking at running back yeah i think i'm not really all right so let's go over these these picks a little bit because can't all right so cam Akers, i also agree with you i'm not taking him anywhere near like if he fell to the fifth round which he isn't Maybe I'm taking a shot on K Makers just because of the offense that he's in, um, but not in the third round. T Higgins sixth, yeah, not even in the fifth round for you. Nah, gotta gotta drop a little bit lower, bro. Achilles are no joke. Yeah, uh, T Higgins. I think a lot of people are high on T Higgins, and I understand it. I think that you got to remember T Higgins up and down love- nature and be be willing to like Team Seven as Cooper Cup, Nick Chubb. I think T Higgins is the perfect guy for yeah, for nice. Team Seven. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that was nice. And then we talk- I mean at the very yeah, go ahead. at the very least, T. Higgins is a top sixteen wide receiver. So to get a top five and a top sixteen guys as wide receiver one, wide receiver two, like one of the strategies that I always implement in redraft or, or like a way that I like to look at my drafts is if I have the number one wide receiver overall, then like I'll feel a little bit okay fading wide receiver to get like the number twenty wide receiver overall. You know, there there's a you can supplement the points by getting other positions covered there. But in that exact scenario, like you're saying, where you go wide receiver first and then you try to lock in your RB one in the second round to get a guy like T Higgins is a huge advantage where he could have wide receiver one upside. And then after T. Higgins comes James Conner, 
And then Patrick Mahomes. I, you know, I'm not a quarterback here kind of guy, but if you're going to go with a quarterback here, Patrick Mahomes makes sense. I want to talk about David Montgomery a little bit because people are treating David David Montgomery as if he's still in the same offense with the same like weaponry available when you know Allen Robinson was on the team when they had a more. Um, tri- not like he did much though. True, but th- th- that was just one year. You know, last year was last yeah, yeah. year, but I'm talking about like. In the entirety of the Matt Nagy era, they had a strong offense for a long time. And when, you know, David Montgomery produced, he was always a low uh, efficiency producer in a high volume offense that's going to be at least mid-range in the league, like 17th in scoring. So he's going to have opportunities. Now you're talking about a guy whose team is depleted. They're in, they look like they're in modes, like a complete rebuild. You have Justin Fields who is going to run. I think there's no doubt about it that Justin Fields is going to use his legs. That's why they did everything they did in the offseason to to kind of spur that. And now you have David Montgomery in a situation where, look, there's no allegiances anymore. There's a brand new staff. And look, Matt, Matt wrote a whole article about Khalil Herbert and his college profile and how good he was. And he showed nothing but like being good when he played. Oh, they're they're going to feed Khalil. It's going to be a committee. And there's there's even if you don't believe that, because there might be some people that say there's no way to know that. And look, I agree with you, Matt. But even if it's not, it's going to be at least enough for David Montgomery not to have a crazy amount, like not to have like 20 touches a game. And then on top of that, you're getting you're getting rushes taken away by Justin Fields. And I, I, I don't know. I don't see how David Montgomery can be on my teams this year. I don't see it. And, and Monty's not a huge breakaway run guy. Like he, he's not the d- type of dude that, I mean, he has before, but it's not a huge part of his profile where he just busts off something from the edge for 80 yards. And we kind of know, like it, it's not written in stone, but we know that that offense isn't going to be good. Like we know that they're not going to get scoring opportunities because their receiving core sucks. So when you're taking touches away and now you're taking red zone touches away, it's a, his floor is certainly safe. Like Montgomery's showing a pretty safe floor, but the, his ceiling is incredibly limited. I would not enter a draft with Montgomery as my RB one. See, yeah, and I I agree for sure, and I, I think that yeah, it, that ceiling is capped, and I think the floor is not the same floor it used to be too. So it's like double. That's fair to Montgomery, say, yeah. You know, uh, and then you got Zeke. We talked about Zeke. All right, Matt, you're up here. You got the turn. You got two picks in a row again. Uh, how we feeling right. right here? Well, I want to go on record and say that if I wasn't implementing a true zero, I would go hero running back and I would select Brees Hall or Travis Etienne at this turn. But I want to wait a little deeper on running back and kind of try to highlight some guys that I think have like true upside as either handcuffs or kind of under the radar running backs. Um, So I'm actually going to take the receiver because I have back-to-back picks. I'll take him first. I'll take the receiver that sleeper has projected the most points left on the board. And I'll take our PPR stud Jalen Waddle. Okay. Interesting pick here. And then I'm going to go back to, even though it's half PPR, I'm going to go back to a high volume play. Um, Questionable offense. Sure. Um, but he's proven to be a stud. His reception perception profile is absolutely insane. So Deontay Johnson earns targets because he's always open, not because Big Ben has to check down constantly or or because the Steelers offense limited his, his route running. Deontay earns targets because he's always open. He gets more separation than a divorcee with a restraining order. Oh, boy, that was that was a that was a doozy. <laughs> 
I, I mean, Ooh, I he's spitting. I couldn't agree more. I think DeAndre. I think Deontay Johnson is going to get a lot of targets. I, you know how I, we talked about Jalen Waddle in the last episode, in the surprise episode that just came out like two days ago. So I won't go into we won't go into Jalen Waddle too much. We just had an extensive. If you haven't checked that out, please go check it out. Us three have a conversation about yeah. Jalen Waddle. But um, I did find it interesting that that sleeper hasn't projected over two hundred points this season in half PPR. That yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, Justin Herbert goes next. Terry McLaurin after that, followed by Darren that Waller. Been my kick, Darren Waller really breaks my heart. I wish I could have drafted Darren Waller here. Uh, followed, or Kittle even right before your pick. Whew. Yeah, Dar- that's about to happen too. Uh, Brees Hall after Darren Waller, another another little gut wrench. I, I would have loved to have Brees Hall. Antonio Gibson, George Kittle. Antonio Gibson dropped really low in my Scott Fishbowl league. It's just like, oh man, this guy keeps dropping, keeps dropping, keeps dropping. I, I didn't I didn't pull the trigger, nope. but someone might. The way have I've a seen. Really- the way I've seen Gibson's ADP fall in, in SFB, I like he's gonna be my running back. <laughs> like I just know that now. Yeah. Um, if I can get Gibson in like the sixth, I'm I'm all over it. Speaking of being all over it, I have Dalvin Cook, C.D. Lamb, Mike Evans, and I'm going seesaw running back. So I'm not taking a shot on a running back until later. Right now, the running backs I would be looking at are J.K. Dobbins, Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs, Elijah Mitchell, uh, C.E.H. Ken Walker, Damian Harris. This is this is by ADP. Some guys that I really like on that list, um, but I'm going to hold off because there's one guy that I can't. I hope I get, and I can't wait to talk about if I do. Um, so we're looking at wide receivers, looking at tight ends. George Kittle got taken. Darren Waller got taken. So you're either taking a chance on TJ Hawkinson, which ugh, do you want to play that game again? Dalton Schultz, which you know that's something that to be considered. Uh, but I like guys like. Pat Fryermuth is one of my favorite guys this year. I like Cole Komet. I think that he has a, a chance to succeed. So I'm going to stay away from tight end. That leads me to wide receiver. So I'm looking at a wide receiver situation where I'm looking for a wide receiver three. So I can – I have CeeDee Lamb. I have Mike Evans. I feel like now I can take a shot at maybe a home run hitter, someone who may not be the most consistent, but when he does hit, he's winning me weeks. Um because I have the other two guys to kind of have insurance on. So I'm looking at DK Metcalf, Michael Pittman, DJ Moore, uh, Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson. The first guy that sticks out, obviously, is DK. Um, I, you don't Good know luck, what, bro. Just, just yeah, you don't know picture what his, that in your mind. You don't know what his quarterback situation is. So that's a tough one. Uh, Michael Pittman. I don't know if I believe in Michael Pittman as much as the other as everyone does. He didn't impress me much. DJ Moore, the last ace wide receiver that played with Baker Mayfield, what happened to him? He w- he sucked for two years with Baker, and then he went to the world champion LA Rams, and you know made it made a huge play and was a, a big factor during the playoffs. He obviously wasn't done. So can I trust DJ Moore? Amari Cooper, I don't want anything to do with Amari Cooper. He's he, he's going to be thrown to by Jacoby Brissett. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, which one of these guys is it going to be? I'm 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 taking a chance on him. That leaves me with Mike Williams. Mike Williams, you know how, what he's going to be in this offense. You know he's going to be used. You know he has a great player throwing him the ball. So I'm going to make my first reach of the day. He's not he's not until his ADP is not till 56. I'm picking at the 48 right now and I'm picking a little bit down the list, but I think Mike Williams is going to be my pick here. And I'm and especially because of the way my team is constructed, I'm happy with that. How do you guys feel about this uh this reach that I had and uh and would do you agree with it? Not the worst, I gotta say that I'm not my favorite, but in the fourth, it's not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, it's fine. 
I think it's 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 you've kind of prefaced it with the the reasoning as to why it's okay as well. You've kind of got your Mike Williams as your wide receiver three, assuming that obviously all of our picks are healthy. Like you never draft assuming for injury um, or hoping for your own players to get injured rather. Like, so yeah, uh, of course I, I think you have CD locked in. At, like that means that you're flexing Mike Williams in this particular roster build, which is that's pretty good. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, it. It's only two. No, we have three wide receivers. I'm not flexing him. However, I'm I am very, very yeah. glad you did that. Because it allows me to get a guy I was hoping would fall to me. Um, as much as I would love to take another running back, that would not be a smart move by my my team. So I'm going with DJ Moore. I know he just got uh, like he he's getting balls from either Baker or Darnold, probably Baker, right? So not the best, but Baker's also shown that he can do some things, right? Uh, probably one of the better quarterbacks DJ Moore has had in his career. Carolina has not had the best luck with that. So I need a wide receiver one for my team, and I'm going with DJ Moore. Next, uh, team one takes Travis Etienne and mm. Joe Burrow. Can I get so I just, I just want to stop, let's stop real quick here because I want to yeah, talk yeah, to you go guys ahead. about Travis Etienne. Because I know I was going to pick him. I know you're super on. Hey, that's the guy. You know, you're, I know you're super on Travis Etienne this year, Matt. And. I know this is super unscientific, but I just got to say, there was like this workout video that got posted on House of Highlights today that showed like a bunch of of like big name running backs uh, working out, along with also some not so big name running backs. Like um, like Zeke was there. Uh, ETN was there. Uh, there was, a, there, was a, there was a bunch of like bigger name running backs. I can't remember who exactly was there, but I can tell you this. That just looking at Travis Etienne, his body build, and how quickly he's able to move at the thickness, like his his thickness plus his agility, bro, this guy, he's one of those guys where you can just, you see him and you're just like, holy crap, this guy is next level. Like this guy is an next level athlete. So I'm excited to see him get on the field because, you know, I'm not a big college football guy. And every single thing I've ever seen him do is always a highlight reel, like 60-yard touchdown. So, like, I'm excited to see what he can do in the NFL. And I think that uh, if Matt likes him, then uh, that's even better. I might be having some Travis Etienne on my team this year. For yeah, sure. I, I talked about this in the last podcast we did as well. Like, Travis Etienne's injury is not one of the career-ending injuries that will live with you the rest of your career. It's it's a re- injury that people recover well from. So... That just gives him a massive discount, and I think fourth, fifth, like uh, right at the turn, is a great time to get him. I was gonna pick him, but he was still there at the five-two. Just putting that out word out there. All right, Cass, you are up. Etn and Joe Burrow go to team one. You have right now Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Ooh. Jones, Leonard Fournette. So you have the entire running back and your flex spot taken up, and you got DJ Moore as your wide receiver one. How are you feeling right now? And who's your next pick? You are correct. I do have my running backs and my flex spot filled up. However, oh. I am a RB heavy dude today, and I'm deep into that mindset. So I will be drafting Elijah Mitchell wow. with my next pick. Wow. Okay. Can never have enough. And and cast going. With the yeah. I mean approach. that. That's what you do when you're a heavy running back. Now I was, I was one of those people that thought he was a waste of fab last year, and he proved me way wrong. And he's not a guy you want to rely on week to week. 
So that's why he's not one of the starters I have on my roster right now, but he can bring it. And he, if, if he's available and getting the rock, uh, that's someone you want to plug in uh, in your flex spot sometimes. So that's that's why I did that. All right. Elijah Mitchell. I like Elijah Mitchell this year. I think he's, uh, yeah, I think that he's going to get a, a, a shitload of, of opportunity, and that's all you can really ask for. Michael Pittman, Pittman goes to team three, uh, and Jerry Judy goes to team four, which means... And, and, and- Go ahead. I think what Cass Cass meant too was that if you were following Brodo, you would have never had to have spent FAAB on Elijah Mitchell because you I'm would have lost. I was him a anyway. dumbass. I, I'm saying I was a dumbass. But yeah. <laughs> yes. I was, he was my. I like the way you boss. put it. Yeah, that that was like one of my best calls. I think of, of my my starting out or my actually all, all of those sleepers and busts. Those dynasty sleepers and busts kind of hit pretty heavy for me, to be honest. Dude, I think I think the. You were the only person that even wrote Elijah Mitchell's name in an article or even bothered to do it. And then he was already saying that he was better than Trey Sermon and a better fit for the offense. Only the real here at Brodo, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm up here. My, Michael Pittman. You're up with your... Jerry Judy. You've you've kind of yet to seesaw back to those running backs. I'm still not seesawing. I have a target and I'm going to play the game. Um, I, I might, you know, I might regret it, but I... You know, I'm going to take this chance. And I think right now, I just went over these wide receivers. I'm not in love. Amari Cooper, Corlin Sutton, Chris Godwin, going to miss maybe half the year. Allen Robinson. Hollywood is is nice, but he's limited because, you know, I don't know when DeAndre Hopkins is coming back. Brandon Cook, Salmon Ross St. Brown, Michael Thomas. Is he, is he still the same guy? Like, I could, I could draft these guys, but I don't want to draft them in the fifth. And I'm not drafting a running back. And let's say that you're taking these tight ends. TJ Hawkinson, Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard, Dawson Knox, good options, but no one that's going to put me over the top. So I'm going to go with someone that I think is going to put me over the top. Um, my QB2 for the year is Lamar Jackson this year. Uh, Lamar Jackson, they became more of a passing offense uh, out of necessity last year, and I think they want to return to their identity. I think they that they have an identity and they want to return to that and part of that is Lamar Jackson running the rock as much as possible. Um, I also think that the the offense without Marquise Brown lends itself more to him running the rock. They're more they're less of a over the top offense, although Bateman does have that capability. So I think Lamar Jackson has the opportunity to rush his way to QB greatness this year. Plus, you always know he's going to be a reliable passer. Is he the best passer in the NFL? No. Is he the worst passer in the NFL? Far from it. He's an above-average passer. He's not the greatest passer in the world. Um, But he's the greatest runner in the world. So I'm taking Lamar Jackson, and I'm locking up the QB position um, here. Uh, Josh Jacobs goes next. Cortland Sutton following. Marquise Brown. Allen Robinson. Chris Godwin. Amari Cooper. Yuck, I don't want any of those players. Uh, Matt, that means you are at the turn here. Right now, your team is looking like Travis Kelsey, Stefan Diggs, Jalen Waddle, and Deontay Johnson. You could totally go running back here. Uh, don't feel like you you don't have to. I think zero running back has played its course, right? Or should you? Should, yeah. Should you yeah, well, running? looking at the running backs that – looking at these running backs, and if anybody really pops off as RB1 upside, you, you can stop me now. But we've got CEH, Kenneth Walker – Damian Harris, Miles Sanders. So those are like the top five running backs in in ADP or top four rather in ADP. And I'm not interested in any of those guys, especially going through a zero running back. Like I would rather just 
grab a high upside handcuff super late like Madison, that if something were to happen to Dalvin Cook, I have somebody that's producing more than any of those players I just mentioned. Um, and you guys know me. It's been this way since he came into the league. K1 is QB1. I was really hoping I could get the back-to-back stack and get Marquise Brown here, but I'm going to take Kyler Murray. I'm going to take Kyler Murray. I'm going to lock up the QB. I'm going to get that top five upside, QB1 upside, if he's healthy throughout an entire season. Thanks. And that's going to be my pick there. So now I have Kelsey, three wide receivers stacked up with Diggs, Waddle, Johnson, and Kyler Murray as my QB. So there's QBs done for me. Looking at these wide receivers and kind of knowing that I want to have my flex is still open and I want a high upside flex that I can play week in and week out. That's going to give me massive spike weeks. I think I'm going to draft Brandon cooks here. Ooh, interesting. Was that- you sound like me, bro. Started to sound like me. And, and I, if he doesn't, I'll, I'll probably mention it. Okay. Well, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> There's a receiver a little bit further down that I think has more upside. Um, but I'm not going to mention his name because I would hope that he gets back to me. Oh, okay. So Matt is playing, uh, Matt, this is how you can tell Matt's a competitive guy because he won't even like say what he's thinking. I won't even tell you who I want in a mock in draft. Mock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I get that. I get that. I a hundred percent get that after. So after that goes CEH followed by Adam Thielen, Ken Walker, uh, Almond Ross, St. Brown, and then a little bit of a QB run here. Um, Jalen hurts and Dak Prescott. Go back to back, and I think that QB run is because you think, I see, I think yeah. it looks as though the well has dried up on some of these um, positions. TJ Hawkinson, I was I was thinking about taking two rounds ago, and now he's still on the board. Uh, same as Dalton Schultz. If I'm looking at these tight ends, again, not in love with any of these tight ends. So I'm going to go to, I'm going to go back to wide receiver here, and I'm going to see it. I now have a situation where I can maybe take a little risk. So there's a little bit of risky plays here. So I'm going to get your guys' opinion on this. You don't have to tell me who you'd pick, but I'm just going to bounce some ideas off you. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is have has the opportunity to possibly be a, a wide receiver one in an offense. I know that Matt is not a fan of Michael Thomas this year. Um, can he bounce back? Traylon Burks. He's in A.J. Brown's place, right? And I think that... People who are like, oh, he's not A.J. Brown. He'll never be A.J. Brown. He can't take A.J. Brown's place. You know what? All right, I have a, I have an example for you. Um, there was a time when the Minnesota Vikings traded their homegrown alpha wide receiver for a first-round pick and then used, proceeded to use that first-round pick on his replacement. And that replacement's name was Justin Jefferson. So I don't think anyone would have been complaining if Justin Jefferson was on your team in his rookie season. So there's, it's not as though this has never happened before. And then you have DeAndre Hopkins who's going to miss some time. Darnell Mooney in a bad offense. Juju Smith-Schuster, you don't know what his new role is. Rashad Bateman uh, here. Elijah Moore. So the wide receiver position, maybe it's time to go back to, to running back here. Um, man, this is, a, this, is a, this is a tough one here for me. This is a tough one here. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm, I'm kind of stumped on where to go here. This, this is where you ever get to a draft and you're like, you get to the point where it's like, holy shit, like I really don't know who to draft. And there's like 35 seconds left. It's like, shit, 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 shit. Every time. That's how, that's how I'm feeling right now. Where would you guys go if you were me here? Would you go? 
wide receiver? Would you go? I mean, in all back? honesty, uh, the running back, one of the running backs that I was talking about having what I felt to be more upside than all yeah, of the guys. I, I know that what you think before that. Was yeah. It, <laughs> is it AJ Dillon? Yeah. For yeah. me, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's the same. I think 100%. AJ, I think AJ Dillon is giving up. AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones giving off a lot of Mark Ingram um, and Calvin Kamara. Yeah, Kamara yeah. Vibes. I mean, they they one hundred percent can both produce in that offense. Yeah, exactly. He's not really a handcuff anymore. He he has a secondary role, can be your RB two. Wait, and he was RB twenty. Yeah, yeah. And, like and, he's an RB two. And he, and if Aaron Jones misses time, you have an RB one. So yeah. I think he, this is a they, that would be a great pick for you. Right and now. that would have been my number one zero running back RB one target. You know what? I'm, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna see how this plays out. If maybe if AJ Dillon gets back to me in the before oh. is he? Because oh. I don't Spicy. think I don't think because I don't want to take your guys' picks. I don't want to you guys. No, I'm not picking him. I'm, I'm saying I'm not picking him. I'm saying I would pick him if I were you right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I already have four and I mean, like I, I knew that I, he wasn't like gonna that. get back, so I went with Brandon Cooks there to try to keep that more alive. Like I figured he wouldn't get back after that turn anyway. But All that right. that would be just for the for the listeners. Like if you're really gonna go zero RB one, yeah, you might not want to take it as long as I have through the sixth round. But Dylan is a really good zero RB one target. So let's go with AJ Dylan here because I'm going to see saw running back, and that'll be. I respect that. I like I like that. I really like that fit on my team as well. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, like I nice. would draft him over Ken Walker. I would draft him over Hilaire. I would draft yeah, him over Damian sure. Harris. Yeah. Miles yep. Sanders. I mean, yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, 100%. Damian Harris inspires Sanders zero is, excitement in me, man. Zero. And zero Sanders percent. is kind of like, mm, man, I, I seesaw myself when it comes to Miles Sanders because his efficiency numbers suggest that throughout all of the volume that he's seen throughout his career – even though it's been inconsistent from season to season from a whole career perspective, he's been efficient the entire time. It's always been the question of, will they finally give him more volume and can he maintain that over 17 games? Um, And I think with the way that we just watched the Eagles allocate money and change their entire offense. And even if Jalen hurts doesn't work out, they have all of these draft picks coming up that they can just replace him with, you know, a new face. Like, I think they're going to start to pass a little more, and Sanders doesn't catch passes. Kenny Gainwell does. Interesting, interesting. Um, Cass, you're up. Where are you going here? Yep, Cass, yep. Cass, your team right now is looking like Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, DJ Moore, and Elijah Mitchell. Very running back heavy, obviously. <laughs> the high T team. Yeah, high T. Just so much, so much, so much. Just massive it's, it's ball beefy. sack. It's it's big. It's very beefy. It's a yeah, beefy. <laughs> it's a beefy team. All right. So where you where you headed? Where are you headed with this one, Cass? I'm definitely not heading uh, running back anymore. That's that's a given. And if AJ Dillon was still around, I may have been tempted. He's not around anymore. We're good. So now, someone you mentioned is Michael Thomas. And yes, I'm not drafting him in the top five rounds, but the sixth round. Starting to look uh, a little bit more interesting, right? He's a good so, upside pick for you too. Like, oh you, yeah, you got to take upside shots at wide receiver sure. at this point. I cannot play it safe. There is no way to play it safe. So I'm going with Michael Thomas right here. Not expecting a repeat of the wide receiver one performance, but maybe a wide receiver two. Like, yeah. Oh, he went I mean, double rookie. The, the argument is that like MT's never been anything but a wide receiver one. Right, right. So if I'm getting him at, uh, I don't even know what the price is, but it's definitely like wide receiver three territory at this point. 
so many wide receivers have been taken. So I'm very happy with that. So I, I mentioned team one went double rookie with Drake London and Traylon Burks. Team one's just building a dynasty roster. Yeah, yeah they are. The <laughs> team one's building Kyle a dynasty. Kyle Pitts, Joe Burrow, London, Kyle Burks, Ek- ETN. The surprise Eckler pick. Team one is like the, is like in the algorithm for, he's like the the wild card in the algorithm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. All right, Cass, you're up again. Now. I have a decision on my hands, and I think I know what Tim's going to answer. I know what Matt's going to answer, and I think they're going to be different answers. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see if we can get a, a little debate started. I'm thinking Juju or Elijah Moore. And I think, I'm think i thinking Matt's going to say Juju, and I'm thinking Tim's going to say Moore. I actually have Juju slightly ahead of Moore. Just because, Look at that. Just because, again, like, here's the thing. I hope Elijah Moore is going to be good, but I... I am the type of guy who does not to does not like to rely on things happening for the first time ever in my in my fantasy prognosti- prognostication. And I think that if Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson lead a very prolific Jets offense that's newly retooled, that would be amazing. But the Jets offense hasn't been good in so long. And I'd like to see them be good for a little while before I pass up on possibly Patrick Mahomes new number one target. I uh, wholeheartedly agree. I'm picking the guy that set the record for the youngest man to catch a tight end in the NFL, and it's now attached to Patrick Mahomes, Juju Smith-Schuster. He said he said the youngest man to catch a tight end in the NFL. But I did. I haven't touched down. He said caught. My did, bad. Did he catch him? Just like scooped him right up. Just scooped him. Strong right. man. Scooped Strong him right man. up. It's not easy to catch <laughs> a tight end. Scooped him right up. All right. That's facts. So I'm gonna I'm gonna reach down. That's a good pick. I really like the upside, especially going heavy running back and then going all upside kind of receiver plays. I think Juju is a smash pick. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little. Uh, I'm gonna get. So one of the reasons why this is called seesaw running back, right, is because you have the heavy first guy, and then you have to kind of piece together an RB2, right? A.J. Dillon might not be the guy. I don't know. There, We can see. I There's a guy that I wanted. In the seventh round, I think that I'm comfortable reaching for him. Traditionally, the seventh round is the round where I don't give a fuck about ADP at all and I reach for whoever I want. Because yep. that is yep. the, that's the round where I feel like we could play a little bit. And right now, I'm going to play a little bit, and I'm going to go with Rashad Penny. Who whoa won, interesting won people leagues last year, and I just got him in Scott in Scott Fish in the tenth round, and I could not be more pleased. That's dope, man. I, I as long as this guy is healthy, and that's a big if. And if he gets injured, you know what? Yeah, I'm playing with fire. So so be it. Sometimes you have to play with fire to make some fires fucking happen. You know what I mean? If you wanna if you wanna burn some shit, you gotta play some, play with fire. And if Penny if Penny ends up being a workhorse. Who can who can be the guy he was last year? Like, think about this. Rashad Penny was Rashad Penny already without without Russ. He he's already played with Geno. Like we already know he can produce without Russ. I mean, it was a small sample size. Don't get me wrong. I think it was only one game they didn't play together. So, eh, you know. But with that being said, Rashad Penny was every time he gets on the field, he's an absolute killer. And yeah, I'm not putting too much into this. Around this time last year, Deuce Daly said like. DeAndre Swift gonna get like thirty carries a game, um, but twenty carries a game for Rashad Penny, who's going to be the focal point of the offense, according to the beat writers in Seattle right now. Um, hook that into my veins and pump it in, and let it go slow. I, I I am addicted to Rashad Penny. I need to have him on every single one of my teams, 
And that's usually, I'm not going to lie, it's usually a little bit of a call for disaster. But you know what? I don't care. I'm riding with it. Um, Darnell Moody, Kareem Hunt, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson, Rashad Bateman. Go next. How do you guys feel about Penny here? You guys both said, oh, and what, what? You think I'm, I, 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 I was surprised. I mean, it's I was a huge earlier. reach. You could probably have waited. Think yeah, so? but I like the pick, but I think, he, yeah, you could have gotten him in like one or two rounds. Interesting. Okay. But I mean, I I'm, so. I'm all for getting your guys. Like you said, oh, uh, and seventh it, round, ADP goes out the window, and if you like him that much, go right ahead, honestly. I, he would have been one of my targets on this build for sure. So, I mean, I, I like the pick. I like the player. That's um, what, from a functional standpoint, like that 20 yard, or twenty carries a game, 20 touches a game even, it's not that crazy. Like it's really actually kind of lowballing it because there's one thing that we know about Kenneth Walker. Like we know it throughout his entire collegiate career. Forget the pass catching, okay? We know that he doesn't play third downs. So like right there, his upside is limited to first and second down. If he doesn't get a first down on the first carry, then boom, what are you going to do? You have to put in somebody that can catch passes, can pass block, and can run on third downs. So Penny's going to play two out of three downs every fucking offensive scenario. Let, let me tell you something that's that I, I don't like, and I, people are not going to like this take. I think it's stupid that Ken Walker's going ahead of uh, Penny. So stupid. So, so stupid. Yeah. So dumb. I can't. I can't even I mean, start to imagine why. Man, my 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 dynasty rankings are obviously like I, I put a lot of like personal preference in there, of course, but they also try to reflect the market, and I like agreed with the market as much as possible on Ken Walker, but he's not somebody that I'm interested in in dynasty. Certainly not interested as a rookie in read. On that Seattle offense, he's not somebody that I'm interested in at all in general. Um, but somebody that I am interested in, and now that it's come back to my pick and I've, I've gone this far with this uh, zero RB strategy, I may as well take it a little further. I've got Corderell Patterson sitting up, Tony Pollard, Devin Singletary. Those aren't guys that I'm overly interested in. Chase Edmonds, maybe. James Cook. I know that um, our DFS guy, Clay, is really into James Cook, but I'm not overly into a career committee uh -huh. running back that weighs less than 200 pounds. So I'm going to keep going a little crazy. I'm going to go full zero RB. Ooh. I'm going to go back-to-back -back wide receiver again. Ooh. I'm going to take the second-year breakouts coming in. We love seeing two wide receivers pop off in the second year. So I'll take Elijah Moore. I was hoping. Nice. And I'll nice. take Devontae yeah. Smith. Oh, was wow. Like, that was my cue, bro. That was legit my cue right now. But good pick. What's, what's going I think on? I, Matt, like, Matt is Matt is like uh, go over there. Like he made the pick and then he threw his mic in the air and it did flips. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have like a real good. I, I hope that the the viewers aren't going to hate it, but I think I have what one like legitimate RB one target that I can I can get pretty late. I mean, you are you are playing with fire, my friend. But I love it. It's I not only scary. like yeah, it, I know. <laughs> but I love it. Um, all right. So at this point, it is the eighth round, and I'm looking at the wide receiver options. There is one guy that I would like to take a chance on here, but there's a bunch of guys. These are At this point, these are all chances. Hunter Renfro, Chris Olave, Robert Woods, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, Chase Claypool. There's no one, there's no one in, this, in this tier, really, that's a sure thing lock. Um, I, I have now three running backs, um, so I'm kind of set at the running back position. So I'm going to go over to the tight end position. And I see that Dallas Goddard um, is available here. 
I like him. Uh, Dawson Knox, Zach Ertz. I can wait on tight end. I can wait on tight end, though. So I'm going to go to the wide receiver, and I'm going to take a shot here. Um, when you're telling me that there's a guy that's connected to Allen, I, I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I need to ask myself, okay, someone has the chance to be Aaron Rodgers' number one target. Could it be Alan Lazard? Could it be Christian Watson? I have a feeling that I'm going to be playing this game a lot this year in my head. I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. Because oh, yeah. I I've have been, thoughts. Um, I'm, before I go, because I feel like I cheated a little bit when I picked A.J. Dillon, I'm going to pick just for this. I don't, it's, it's, it's honestly maybe even going against my better judgment, but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm, I'm feeling spicy. I'm going to go Christian Watson here um, for that potential. And now that I've done Christian Watson, Cass, what is your thoughts on Christian Watson versus uh, Alan Lazard in this in this battle for Green Bay? Uh, you asked two questions, right? So is it going to be Alan Lazard? Is it going to be Chris, uh, Christian Watson? I have another question. Does it matter? Hmm. Are, are any of those guys someone you like really want to start on your fantasy team? I know they're getting uh, passes from Rodgers, but... I mean, I would, I, I agree with uh, taking Watson because he, we don't know what he is. He, he could be a, a baller and, and just break out right now. We know what Allen Hart is, and he's a role wide receiver. I would say he's, he's not a star. So in terms of talent commanding targets, I know targets have to go somewhere. I'm not a fan of either because we don't know. I do agree that Watson might be the, the right pick. Okay, uh, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I, I basically reiterate everything Cash just said. I think that's probably the right pick there rather than reaching on Lazard if you're looking, especially with the the little mini Green Bay stack that you just built. Right. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Um, and again, like we know that Alan Lazard isn't very good. We don't really know about Christian Watson. And if you're going to shoot for upside, that's a that's a good place to look is, is the guy that's attached to the reigning two-time MVP. At the moment, starting for the Tims, uh, DJ, I mean, uh, DJ, Dalvin Cook and uh, AJ Dillon at the running back position, CD Lamb, Mike Evans, and, and Mike Williams at the wide receiver position, Lamar Jackson at quarterback, Rashad Penny slash Christian Watson, uh, bat duking it out for the flex along with every other person I'm about to pick. Um, that leaves Cass, who's picked Juju Smith Schuster. After running yeah, yeah. wide receivers back, Michael Michael Thomas and Juju Smith Schuster, I gotta say, Cass, you are winning the championship in 2019 and, and 2018 right now. Though. Yeah, you I was just about to say, just league. imagine 2019. You see, uh, like 2020, you see DJ Moore, Michael Thomas, and Juju Smith Schuster on your roster, bro, bro, uh, bro, and um, and Elijah and Aaron Jones and Elijah Mitchell, who was probably a redshirt freshman. Uh, yeah, of in, course, in and Jonathan Taylor, but whatever. <laughs> oh, Leonard Fournette too. Just like last uh, season with Jacksonville. The Jaguars. But anyway, (laughs) I am looking to round out my roster right here. And I'm presented with a a choice for tight end once more. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Dallas Goddard, who was really solid last season. And he can... He, uh, he can get better, I think. His uh, tight end primes come later in, in, in their life. So if you see a tight end with a, a 31, 32, even 33, they're still pretty much in their prime. 
So I'm not worried about age. I think he's still improving. Then we have Zach Ertz, who was a little bit up there, but finished as PPR tight end five last season, right? And I mean, he 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 got a ton of targets. He had like over 110 targets. And now someone Tim mentioned earlier, Pat Fryermuth, who was almost a wide receiver one. I'm sorry, tight end one as a rookie. This is this is my my choice right now. I'm slightly leaning Goddard, but uh, I'm actually picking Zach Ertz. I'm happy to hear that. Not, not, not confidently, though. Let I'm, me tell you. I'm happy to hear that. I think Zach Ertz is a good play, but I I, I want to take the upside on Fryer. I'm, I'm hoping he he falls to me. But that's, I, I think Ertz has a lot of potential. Renfro and Gordon go to team one. The uh, This guy is the, I'm telling you, this guy is the, the wild card. Yeah. Cass, you're up next. Who you got? Back to me. Uh, I just want to round out the roster, kind of pick the last quarterback of maybe the top tier i would say or, or like top two tiers not top top tier but there's a pretty clear follow-up after this guy I, I think well maybe not so much but i'm going with matthew stafford no rushing upside not really what you want for fantasy but uh super bowl winning qb with pretty nice weapons uh, i'm going with stafford all day bro the the stafford like hate not hate but like the refusal, yeah, yeah. the refusal yeah, yeah. to give him his roses that he deserves, continues to baffle me. Like, has it not been shown now in the past twenty years how hard it is for a quarterback to succeed in a shitty situation? Like, look at how many number one draft picks have all perished to city shitty situations, and you have this guy who carried a Lions franchise who could not do shit around him for. 15 years and then his first year away from there goes and wins a championship and some people are saying this guy's not like this guy's not a superstar like get the fuck out of here get the fuck out of here go go away even in even in the drafts too like we saw russell wilson in this mock go 7 10 and then a little bit of a drop off before another qb was taken but then brady and rogers go 8 9 and 8 10 i would draft stafford ahead of all those guys oh Spicy. He's the QB five last year. How yeah. spicy is that? Yeah, I don't yeah, think, I don't no, think yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. You're I don't right. think it's that spicy. Um, yeah, so right. great pick there. Obviously, we both agree. Uh, Chris Olave, Dallas Goddard makes my decision easier because it was going to come down to Dallas Goddard versus Pat Fryermuth for me. Now that he's gone, Pat Fryermuth is the the answer. I love what he did last year. I think he's got a lot of Heath Miller in him. Um, so I, I'm hoping that interesting. I'm hoping that he has a lot of Heath Miller. Uh, for fantasy, and then Dawson Knox goes next. So a little, a, a little mini tight end run, three tight ends in a row. Chase three tight ends Ed- in a row. Yeah, Chase Edmonds, uh, Der- Derek Carr, uh, David, Derek, which one? Uh, James Cook, Sky Moore, Rashad Bateman. Oh, oh, my computer's spazzing out. And Chase Claypool go next. So all a lot of upside guys with some question marks. Matt, are you yet to have a running back? Let's go over. Let's go over Matt, Matt's team here. <laughs> He's got Travis Kelsey, Stephon Diggs, Jalen Waddle, uh, Deontay Johnson, Kyler Murray, Brandon Cooks, Elijah Moore, and Devontae Smith. He does not have running back. I really love the sound of that team. Taken to the, you are taking zero running back to the max, my friend. I respect it. Is this the time you finally give us your idea for your secret running back one? Yeah, it is. And it's still a reach, but it, it, looking at the the mock board, the, the mock would have him not making it back to me on the next round. Um, it's somebody that I've written a lot about, um, one of, if not legitimately my favorite prospect of 2022. And if 
his lead back goes down, this guy has all of the upside to not just be a top 12 running back, but to be a superstar for years and years to come. So I'm going to go into the zero running back draft with Rashad White as my RB1. Okay. Very, 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 very interesting. You, you've been on him all, all offseason. And, and if your track record is anything to go by, yeah. I'm going to be picking up a lot of Rashad White this this, this year. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I really, really like Rashad. And, and that landing spot was really promising for me for one reason, and that was the draft capital. To have him get, like, mid-third draft capital, that, that really rounded his profile out to, like, this guy is for real. If he would have fallen to the fifth, or, or you know fourth or fifth i would have felt a little bit more elijah mitchell about him where it's like stash this guy get ahead of the game but this is like i've been drafting rashad white in the first round of rookie drafts wow okay and that's certainly ahead of consensus um and now that we're going to play the upside game and i can pro- finally fill in another running back um another guy that if his lead back goes down every single game that he's played as the starter he's been an rb1 so i'm just going to stack alexander madison in here and you know, I, I wish for a healthy season from Dalvin Cook always, but we know that Madison is the guy when Cook goes down and he'll put up 20 points a game. And in, in, you know how I, I've mentioned it's a thread that Matt is very competitive. Not only did he add these two running backs, he just happens to be adding the handcuff of my RB1 and Cass's RB, RB3. Yeah. Yeah, that so, might have been something to do with it too. <laughs> so he is he is rostering our handcuffs. Son of a bee. Uh, I'll tell you what, the fantasy community kind of has consensusized around the theory of don't hold your handcuffs early. I am completely 100% 180 against that. I feel like early is the best time to hold your handcuffs because there's no buys. So if you can, your bench is just potential. Like I like to start the year with my best, my bench being mainly potential. And when that happens, you, when you get one spark, then you could spark yourself to a championship. So, uh, yeah, that's how I like to, that's how I like to, to stack that. So speaking of which, cause now I'm thinking about this, this bench of mine, I'd like to stack it with some potential. So running backs, I think Ronald Jones is an interesting case because the Chiefs have not shown any type of commitment or confidence in CEH from anything they've said or any of the moves they've made. So I think that Ronald Jones is an interesting pick right. here as someone who can end up being a starting uh, a starting player. At wide receiver, I got Christian Watson. I could play the game of I'm taking the chance or I'm looking at Alan Lazard right here. I could take both of them. I, I can kind of hedge my Play bet. the odds. Yeah, right. 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 That's what I meant. That's right. what I meant. Hedge right. the bet. Yeah. Russell Gage also available. Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd. I'm gonna go with and and the twins are gonna this the twins are gonna hate this pick. Um, but I'm gonna go with Ronald Jones. I think that there's a chance that he's a starting running back and I'm and I'm gonna stash him. And now my seesaw running back is complete because I have a stack of Dylan Penny and, and Jones, and I think that that's gonna be it. enough for my my RB two slot. Ooh, my guy, Mike Gesicki, got taken. I was not going to draft him, but he's still my guy. Uh, well, anyway, after Tim, we got Ramondre Stevenson and Mike Gesicki, and it's now my pick. And I'm going with uh, Adventure to say probably the best wide receiver three in the NFL. I mean, like a guy that's third in his team's pecking order, and he's the best out of all the thirds. 
Uh, I'm going with Tyler Boyd. I don't yeah, wanna, yeah. Nice. I'm not not gonna get too much into it, but Tyler Boyd's a, a great depth pick, and if I'm get him in the tenth round, I'm I'm happy with it. After me, Isaiah Spiller and Michael Gallup go. So now I'm left with another decision because I want to go double wide receiver here as well. I'm not a fan of drafting backup tight ends or backup quarterbacks, and very much not so this early. So I can go trusty veteran or wildcard rookie. So because I'm looking at Jalen Tolbert, who I'm very excited about, thanks to to Matt, and Jameson Crowder, who's going to play likely a slot role on the on the Bills and getting passes from from Josh Allen. So those are two guys that very much intrigue me. I want to I wanna hear you guys' thoughts after I make my pick so you don't influence me. But I'm picking Jameson Crowder right here. I think that's a good pick, but I'm just worried about his his injury history. Like that, that's how it's it the NFL. Is. Everybody right. has one. But, you know, in the 11th round, right, that's fair. In the 11th round, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And if he's right. if he's in the Cole Beasley role, he's better than Cole Beasley. Absolutely. Say for came the best slot receiver in the NFL, my ass. Yeah, uh, I mean, part of the reason that I like Jamison Crowder is coupled with the fact that I don't very much like Gabe Davis and that the Bills have never utilized two outside receivers at one time. Stefan Diggs has a 25% career target share. He's going to get 25% of Allen's targets. The Bro. other 25, 75% isn't going to get allocated to the outside. It's going to get allocated across the middle to Crowder. Crowder was good on the Jets, dog, like with Darnold and shit. He was, now he's getting he was good on from, the, from Josh Allen. He was good in Washington with, I mean, yeah, I guess actually that was, Kirk, Kirk Cousins was pretty good in Washington. Yeah, yeah. You uh, like that, but anyway. He was good on the Jets, dog, is probably the, the most the most important sentence you could say in someone's future success. <laughs> like, that is guaranteed now. That, like that, that's crazy. Guaranteed. That's crazy. All right. Uh, hey, to go, sorry, my bad. No. No, I was something that I kind of went under the radar. I don't know if you mentioned it, but went under the radar for me is Michael Carter in, in the 10th. If you're doing like a zero RB build, that's not a bad pick either, I don't think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I think he's also a clear handcuff. That, right, that's a thing right, that yeah. I, I think people need to kind of separate the like, oh, he's he's going to get passing work or he's going to get... No, like that's not what the upside you should be chasing is. If, if Brees Hall's on the field, Brees Hall's probably going to get a... 85% opportunity share. Yeah, he's going to get the pass but work too. if Brees Hall isn't, it defaults to only one player. Right. And whether they, you know, volume is king in fantasy. So this is the part where I tell you guys that this has already gone on for one hour and nine minutes. And the twins aren't here. So this can go off the deep end. Because a, <laughs> a little peek behind the, the curtain, uh, the twins got two uh, rounds left. We're the, almost there. The twins have to really force me to stop podcasting. <laughs> like I could, I want to, I want to like, if I could like have a three hour podcast, I would, they're not, they're not really about it. They want to be more, in, you know, compact. That's, that's the type of dudes they are. But now it's just, uh, it's just us three and this, we can go for days on Jameson Crowder. And so this, and that's why we're talking about. So that's why we're, that's why we're, that's why we're taking this long. All right, um, Daryl Henderson, James Robinson goes next. When I do, when I do mock drafts with the Twins, are like forty-eight minute episodes. We're at one oh nine right now, but you know what? I love it because this is like, the last episode yeah. for a while, man. This is the last episode in a whole week. We're not going to see. I agree with them. Like, uh, as a consumer, you want on your podcast to be short. 
but fuck if this isn't fun for me right now. Facts, I, I, I agree. It's <laughs> fun, for, fun for me too. And that you hear that, twins? Suck it. That's right. You let the inmates run the asylum. We're taking over. All right. Here, I'm looking at team build, right? Because this is my team so far. I have an RB1. I have my wide receivers, Lamb, Evans, Williams. Love those. Locked in. Quarterback, Lamar Jackson's locked in. Tight end, Pratt Fryermuth, locked in. And then I got a committee at RB2. A.J. Dillon, Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones. Now, I think if I'm playing the odds, one out of three of these guys is going to play well. If I'm also playing the odds, two out of three of the guys have a chance to play well. It's not very likely that all three play well. These guys are not sure things. So this is why we're doing the seesaw running back because I'm stacking those guys together. I kind of want them to be a committee at RB2. So now I'm thinking about team team makeup. And I'm trying to win week one. I'm trying to have a starter. And I think someone who's going to have an opportunity that may not last but may come out of the gate pretty hot is Russell Gage. Uh, playing in in Tampa Bay, taking that role from Chris Godwin uh, in in the offseason. Uh, Tom Brady himself has said that Russell is going to need to step up and he's going to be a big part of the offense this year. So I'm going to go with Russell Gage here and start him in my flex opening week and hope that uh, he catches on in some Chris Godwin-type uh, fashion until Chris Godwin comes back. And uh, bada-boom, bada-bing. Although I do have Mike Evans, so I, you know, I, I probably would have considered that more if this wasn't just a mock. Uh, Tua Viola goes next, followed by Alan Lazard, Cole Komet. Uh, interesting, guys. What do you guys think the about Kirk Damon Cousins Pierce? The Kirk Cousins fade is too much. Yeah, the Kirk what Cousins. What do I think? Oh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Damian Pierce was picked before him. Right. Uh, Damian Pierce, Kirk Cousins, uh, Justin Fields. Uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins falling as far as uh, quite crazy. He's he's going to be the true throw, true throw value darling this year. He came in second in true throw value last year. They're going to increase his his passes, which means, look, sometimes when you increase the passing volume, you become less efficient. But right now, he is the second most efficient quarterback in the league in terms of producing fantasy points per pass. Um, and... You know they're gonna they are on notes to saying that they're gonna pass more this year, and he has Justin Jefferson to throw to, he has Adam Thielen, Thielen to throw to, he has the return of Irv, Irv Smith, he has Dalvin Cook to throw to, you know Kirk Cousins, bro. So, yeah, he just went like that was like QB twenty three almost, <laughs> like wow, that's just insanity. No, I, I'm exaggerating. I think it was like seventeen, but either way, it's ridiculous. He went after two a dog. All right. Uh, yeah, like, because, oh, yeah, to speaking of, like, the 17th for the listeners, is, is mocks or the, the auto mocks are taking backup quarterbacks. Oh, there you go. Um, so you are at the turn, brother. Well, Let's say we've taken zero RB all the way to the final four picks. So I'll close out the draft. I'll wrap up my last two by taking two more high upside handcuffs or high upside backup running backs. Um for those that know me, you know that I want to take Rondale Moore here. Um, I, I think Rondale has a legitimate opportunity to be Christian Kirk 2.0 in that offense and be something special for the Cardinals. Um, but with the roster build, I think I got to go Naheem Hines from Indianapolis, um, especially in half PPR, knowing that he's going to have a, a almost a receiver role, but just be able to line up into the backfield. So I think that works out well for my zero running back. I get to put a running back on the roster that's technically a receiver. And then Kenny Gainwell, Philly. 
I kind of touched on him a little bit before is I think he's going to have a lot of those passing opportunities from Philadelphia and they increase their passing volume this year, looking to get AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, all the weapons more involved, get Jalen hurts more acclimated to being a real NFL quarterback rather than a, a fantasy friendly quarterback that cleans up in garbage time. Um, so yeah, I really like Kenneth Gainwell. He's essentially was top five in virtually all receiving stats for running backs. Um, Let me tell really, you, I really, am shocked you did not go with uh herbert here with Khalil. yeah yeah i well ha in half ppr too in like kind of the downfall that i feel is coming with miles sanders i i really do think that kenneth gainwell is going to finish as a top 30 ish running back right, right. um i do have a similar projection for herbert but his is more tied into Mont montgomery getting hurt where i think kenneth gainwell has a legitimate weekly role with sanders being healthy makes sense there's a few upside shots that I could take here. This is the last pick, by the way, that we're making. Um, here I can go. There's a lot of wide receivers with upside here. Uh, Jahan Dotson, not really interested. George Pickens, uh, that's an interesting one because George Pickens seems to be like the next in line in the Steelers' way that they do things for wide receivers. And if someone gets hurt, he could have an opportunity. So he has high upside. And he, can never, and he might never give that up. I think Alec Pierce has a rare opportunity to go on the field right away. Jalen Tolbert has a rare opportunity to go on the field right away. I really like Jalen Tolbert in this spot. I also like uh, Raheem Mostert. I think that there's a possibility he's a starting running back in Miami and everyone's just ignoring him. I think Marlon Mack is an okay pick here. Khalil Herbert, you were just talking about it, uh, could could end up being the starting running back. Uh, but I'm going to go with a guy who's actually starting, a lot of high upside. Um and with a roll on a good offense, I'm going with Jalen Tolbert here as my last pick. Oh, ah, sniping nice, Cass. nice, nice, nice. That's I, a good pick, did though. Did I snipe you? Uh, yes, I'm sure Cass bit. would have taken Tolbert. Uh, yes, however, one guy I did have higher in my queue was George Pickens. Mm. You talked about him. I got really worried, and then you went with <laughs> Tolbert. So I'm happy. Like you mentioned, the Steelers are great at uh, drafting and replacing wide receivers now that Juju's gone. The uh, next man up for them. It, it happened with Heinz Ward. It happens with uh, Antonio it, Brown and then Juju. And, you know, the thing it was like think, uh, Emmanuel I Sanders. I think it's happening with Deontay right now. Like, I think that's what George Pickens is there for. They're not going to pay Deontay. Yes, they're not. Exactly and Juju's right. gone. So, yeah. And James Washington's gone as well, right? So, right. he's right. got Claypool as the next Juju. And then Pickens is the next, next Deontay. And I really like Pickens. I think he, he got that dog in him. So, Let's he go, got baby. that dog in him. Santonio San Holmes. Right, Santonio San Holmes. Uh, uh, what's his name from the Plexico? Plexico Boris. Yeah. It's to a lesser extent because he kept getting he kept getting suspended, arrested. But, yeah, Marta, yeah, Martavis Martavis Did Bryant. Plexico not shoot himself. Right, right, yeah. Martavis is, uh, right. I think, the the most recent one that didn't work out. Because yeah. I would say he you, worked out when he was on the field, but he just was a right, train right. wreck. Yeah, but yeah, you had like you can literally see the the line of succession, right? Oh, they do it. They do it. Yeah, it's 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 outstanding. Like it's one guy, next guy, next guy, next guy, and I think George Pickens could be the next guy. That's why he's my my last pick. All right, so so, Tim, you want to round out the rosters? Yeah, I was gonna say, Cass, go round out your roster, bro. All right, so I ended up with uh, I'm I'm not in the pick order, but just started some bench. It's Matthew Stafford, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, DJ Moore, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, Zach Ertz. Leonard Fournette, and then for the bench, Elijah Mitchell, Tyler Boyd, Jameson Crowder, and George Pickens. Nice, nice, nice. I like how you, how you, how you did that. I'm, uh, I'm going to 
I'm going to say I'm, I'm honestly Jackson. really surprised that we left Jacoby Myers off the board. Nah. Lamar Jackson is my quarterback. Dalvin Cook is my RB1. And A.J. Dillon is my RB2. C.D. Lamb, Mike Evans, and Mike Williams are my wide receivers. Pat Firemuth at tight end. And depending on how uh, depending on how the reports go and how the preseason goes, Rashad Penny, Christian Watson, uh, Ronald Jones, Russell Gage and Jalen Tolbert battling it out for who Tim is going to start in the flex spot in opening week. Max, I mean, uh, Max, Matt, you are up. Matt to the Max. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, QB1 is K1, Kyler Murray. Um, we went zero running backs. So we have Rashad White and Alexander Madison as RB1 and RB2. Uh, Stefan Diggs, Jalen Waddle, Deontay Johnson as the starting wide receivers. Travis Kelsey as the first pick at tight end one. Brandon Cooks in the flex. And then the bench rounds out with Elijah Moore and Devontae Smith hoping on some second-year breakouts. Naheem Hines and Kenneth Gainwell for some high upside pass catching. I feel I feel like Hines and Gainwell would be my my week one starters on in, the, in that lineup. Yeah, I mean, they probably would be actually genuinely. Yeah. yeah. If I were to set that lineup today, I'm sure that Hines would be the RB2 over Madison. Mm. All right. There it is. Uh, good draft, gentlemen. I really like how we did this. Again, just want to remind you guys the heat wave is coming. Okay. There's no episodes again until the 25th of July. So we are taking a little break, but that little break is just from the listenership. We are going to be working extremely hard everyone behind the scenes to get you the 32 teams in 32 days from july 25th to august 25th every single day an episode of the podcast so stick here with the brodo fantasy football podcast and yeah uh matt where could they find you find me at psych ward ff on twitter on instagram on all social media platforms at psych ward ff hit me up grandmaster cast you can find me at BrotoFFCasanova on Twitter. Uh, I'll be there. And if you like Formula One, I've been doing some some interesting stuff. So go check that out uh, aside from the NFL content. Literally the jack of all trades. You know, Super uh, fire. The, the saying jack of all trades is actually, uh, you know, the, the saying goes, jack of all trades but a master of none. But they cut it off. The way the saying actually goes is a jack of all trades but a, mas- a master of none. But better to be a master, better to be a master. Damn, I fucked it up. I forgot. Anyway, it says better to be better to know a lot of things than just, just being on one thing. That is the worst story yeah. ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even want to give you my Twitter because I'm afraid you're going to unfollow me at this point. So uh, at Broto FF Tim, if you want to unfollow me after that display of debacle, <laughs> I, I just completely blanked on what, on what it is. That was the worst story ever. I can't, I, I, I'm so embarrassed. I got to press, I got to press stop. I'm sorry, guys. I, I, goodbye. I'll see you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll see you in a week. The heat wave, baby. The heat see ya. Wave. See ya.